Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we are talking about what happens if I miss a mortgage payment. Now, with rising interest rates and, you know, some people perhaps struggling with the cost of living, there is the potential for some people to think, oh, well, I'm, I might have to miss a mortgage payment. Or if I do, what happens? Well, we're very pleased to have friend of the show, Peter Norris from Catalyst Financial on, who is a mortgage advisor, property investor, and general bank and mortgage whisperer. And he's going to talk to us <laughs> oh, about that today. you've stolen my line now, have you? <laughs> Was that going to be you your la- line? Well, no, you laughed at that last night in the webinar, and today you go and repeat it. Look, if I could come up with my own jokes, <laughs> I would, but unfortunately <laughs> I can't, so me. I've stolen them. So first thing I want to know, Peter, is when people miss a mortgage payment, you know, just generally, what makes that happen? Are they bad with money or what causes somebody to miss a mortgage payment? Yes, more often than not, the most common thing we'd see is that people are maybe have too many outgoings, which I suppose you could put in the category of being bad with money. They might have, you know, one the other day, a client had six sort of consumer debts outside of their mortgages. They weren't big amounts, but it's just the sheer amount of consumer debts that they had that just made it hard for them to manage their repayments off and will look to consolidate that. The other thing might be that obviously we've seen over the last couple of years, people be made redundant. That can lead to missing mortgage payments, so drop in income, unexpected expenses, sicknesses, any reason you can't work, things like that. One of the things I remember seeing a wee while ago was, you know, extra tax payments or something like that. So people had not paid enough tax and then all of a sudden they get hit by a bill from the IRD, plus they got their mortgage payment. Just becomes a real struggle for them. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it can just be a timing issue, right? Yeah. So, uh, timing of the month, it might just be one payment that they miss or, or just yeah, that unexpected expense. So, obviously, if someone gets in themselves in a situation where they do miss a mortgage payment, it goes out, gets bounced, bank going to sell me up. No, that's not a fast process. Yeah. <laughs> so no, if, I mean, if you miss the payments, we often, uh, well not, thankfully not too often, but we will see clients who have, who have missed a payment here and there, yeah. and it might just be a 24-hour thing or a 48-hour thing, and they've corrected it quite quickly. In that case, not really going to cause you too many issues. You're just going to have to explain that to Excellent. the bank, but the bank's not going to come in after one payment and, and sell you up. So do they give me a call or something? No, not even that. They don't uh, even not, call you? Not after, not after the one one payment, especially if it's correct quite quickly. Right. If you don't correct it, if you just leave it, then you'll probably get a call or an email call. or a letter. Or How long before they're going to give me a buzz? It's, typically it's three missed payments would probably be where you're, yeah, where you're definitely th- going to get some contact. Three missed payments, yeah. they're, they're really yeah, going to be... With no communication. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you an interesting one. I had the bank call me when I missed a mortgage payment. Let me tell you the story about it, because you're probably thinking, why is this guy running a show about properties if, if the bank's calling because he missed a payment? Well, what actually happened was I didn't miss my mortgage payment, I missed my rates payment. And because oh, yeah, of that's that... That's an easy one. Then that's they, an easy one to do. Then what happens if you don't pay your rates, they add it on to the mortgage. Now, because of that, then I get a call from the bank being like, well, you're overdrawn or something on that because they'd added it on. Because I hadn't seen it, I just then had to go and make the payment. But I actually had a lovely call from somebody somewhere in the middle of the North Island in a tiny town who was very nice about it. <laughs> you obviously having a good chit-chat with them. Oh, I always have a chat. Where are you calling from, mate? Because you're clearly <laughs> in New Zealand. <laughs> That's actually a really good example of missing a payment, but through the rates. So rates can be an easy one to forget about because you have to set up the direct debit. So someone buys a rental property, maybe the rates uh, request goes to the rental property because it hasn't been registered correctly by the lawyer or just whatever, right? And then you forget to actually load it. You don't even think about it. It's not like insurance where you've set that up at the start. And then all of a sudden you've got a half a year's worth of rates bill that you've got to pay. But also the bank never used to get told about that, right? Mm. Whereas now they do, it's automatic, it goes through the bank, the bank then gets in touch with you or, or adds yeah. it to your mortgage. Yeah. 
So let's say that I miss a mortgage payment and it's five days late, just to put a line in the sand. How quickly is it going to impact my credit score? At what point is the bank going to be able to see that and say, well, you know, maybe we're not going to lend to you in future because miss some mortgage payments? Yeah, so when you're applying for a mortgage, obviously you're showing bank statements, which are going to show historical repayments. If you've got missed payments, it's going to show there. You're going to see unarranged overdraft fees or things like that. That's going to affect immediately. You're going to have to explain that. That's if you're going for more credit, right? If you're actually going for, for more credit. But in terms of actually showing up on your credit check, a simple missed payment's not going to. Yeah. It's when you default or when it's registered as a default. So one of those things, unfortunately, if you miss a few payments with a bank and then you get yourself all tidied up, that bank could be harder for you to get lending. Your bank could be harder to get lending in the future. If you end up going to another bank, they don't see that on your credit score. They don't see that you missed those BNZ payments four years ago. So sometimes that's where it is easier to get your money from somewhere else, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've, you've got to have that three to six months of clean account conduct. But if those missed payments happened before that, then you know we'll say to a client, look, go away and sort your accounts out for, for a few months and then come back. So if I'm working with BNZ, for instance, that's my main bank, and I've got to submit my three months worth of bank statements when I go and apply for a new mortgage. Well, even though I'm only giving them three months, for instance, they could see the last 10 yeah, years sure because they've got all of your information. Whereas if I go and apply to a different one, maybe one that starts with an A, for instance, they're only seeing my three months worth of bank statements. Yeah, exactly. And and if you're applying to your existing bank, then you won't have to supply bank statements anyway because they already have them and they'll just yeah. look at, they'll have an automatic. They have a credit score, a credit. Like an internal credit yeah. score. So BNZ, for example, I remember they used to have a credit score that would be automatically calculated depending on how you operate your accounts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it was a uh, J23. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. Don't apply. Did you ever look at your own credit score and see what I it was? You could, look at, you could look at your own. I mean, it didn't really matter. Well, I'm just wondering what yours would have been at the moment. Was it a J23? <laughs> I, I, can't, I, I would have no idea. That was a long time ago, Ed. <laughs> Back when it was written on a physical stone. <laughs> now, in terms of the process the bank follows, what do they do? So you've missed a payment and say you haven't caught up on that and then you miss another one. What do they have to do before they go and sell me up? What are the steps that happen? Yeah, so there's quite a lot of steps before they're actually going to come and sell you up. Even if you miss three payments, they're not going to walk in and put your house on the market. Yep. That's that's not going to happen. And it's probably going to depend on which area of the bank you're in as well. If you're in the retail area versus commercial, if you're in commercial, you might have a direct banker who's going to be a little bit more personal in their interaction with you or a private banker might give you a call. But for the most part, if there's been no communication, then you miss three payments or you probably miss one payment and it drags on for a month, you're going to get a letter to say what's going on. Or you might get a phone call from their internal teams to, to figure out what's happening. And then it's about how you communicate that and what you do. And that's going to determine how quickly that process moves forward. If you bury your head in the sand, they're going to. They have to use all the steps that they can. But I think the key point there is it doesn't actually happen overnight. So banks are not in the business of selling houses. They want to actually work through a solution with you. And if you can show them, hey, look, I've got a rental property that I am going to put on the market and, and clear out this debt, they're probably just going to let you do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to note that we're not saying that you should miss your mortgage payments no. or that it's okay to miss your mortgage payments, but just being really honest about, well, what is the process and at what point does it become a bit of a deal? And what are the mistakes people tend to make when they are struggling with their mortgage? The biggest one is, like I said, burying your head in the sand, just not communicating it. That yeah. would be the single biggest mistake that someone could make. Yep. If you can foresee that happening, obviously there are unforeseen things like you might get made redundant, but that's not going to cause an immediate 
missed payment, mm. you're probably a month away from that happening. And so it's really being open in communication, talking to your broker, talking to your bank and saying, look, this is what's going to happen because then you can do things like a, you might be able to flick the loan to interest only to make it easier or you might be able to jump on a mortgage holiday yeah. to, to give yourself a bit of time. But if you don't communicate and you just miss payments, then then the bank's going to be a little bit more. And for anyone new to the show, what is a mortgage holiday? So mortgage holiday will just give you up to three months off paying your mortgage effectively. Yep. So your payments just stop, they get added onto the loan for those three months? Yeah, so it just accrues and then you've got a couple of options at the end of that three months. Either you can increase your minimum repayment so that you remain on the same term or you can extend the term by three months. And just coming back to that mistake that people make though, Peter, I think it's almost counterintuitive because I know that what tends to happen when you're going through a rough financial time is, oh, I don't want to deal with it. And so you, you don't open the letters from the bank because you know what's already inside or you, you don't want to talk to somebody about it because, you know, oh, I just don't want to deal with it. Or perhaps somewhere deep in the back of your mind, you think maybe it'll go away. But I think having those conversations to A, figure out what your options are, but also talk to them. Like, I'm not sure if I want to tell this story, but no, it's a bit, on. well, it's a bit like, let's you say know the rule. Once you start, you have to finish the story. Well, it's a bit like when you, perhaps you're dating somebody <laughs> okay. and then they cut you off, you know, and all you want <laughs> is, is some nice communication to let know what's happening. Are you listening, Kelly? That's all he wants. <laughs> to know what he can do better. Please come back. <laughs> That's a joke, by the way, people. That's a joke. She's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's still around, so we're all still clear on that. Now, what I want to know as well, Peter, let's come across then to those options that go into what some of them are. So let's say that I have missed a couple of payments. I am struggling for whatever reason. Perhaps I've had to take off time from work because perhaps one of my parents is sick, so I'm caring for them. My income's temporarily lower. If I do pick up the phone and have a conversation with my mortgage advisor or with the bank, what are some of the options that I might have available to me? Yeah, so first of all, you want to pick up the phone before you've missed that payment, obviously, yep. as we've talked about. But in terms of those options, the bank's going to want to understand a, how long the call of hardship is going to go on for and, and what's going to change to get things back on track. And depending on the answers to those questions will depend on what the bank is willing to do. If it's that you know there's a short-term loss of income because someone's made redundant, then it might be that they'll give you three to six months interest only or that three-month mortgage holiday to, to relieve some of that pressure. If you've quit your job, though, and you're starting an ice cream stand outside your house, they might be a little <laughs> less helpful, though, right? Absolutely. If there's not that clear sort of ability to then get back Past. onto normal repayments, yeah. then, then the bank's going to question you and, and put things into place, which may force you to sell or refinance or things like that. So what can people do to make sure that they've got kind of some mechanisms to stop them getting into trouble at the start, stop them, you know, running into a bad cash flow situation? The main thing will just be, well, understanding or, or being uh, aware of their financial situation, yeah. you know, knowing what expenses they've got, knowing what income they've got, not trying as hard as they can not to live week to week. If they're yeah. self-employed, working closely with their accountant on, the, on things like cash flow forecasting, that sort of stuff, yeah. so they can see well, what happens if something does go wrong. Things like insurance, redundancy insurance might be something someone would, would take out, or income protection, things like that. To, Especially if you're on one income. So if you've got, if you're solely reliant on one person's income for a period of time, maybe you need to be thinking about income protection or something yeah definitely yep so and let's say that okay we're going through a bit of trouble got to call somebody because we've just said you've got a call sign do i call my advisor do i call the bank if i call the bank who do i call at the bank do i just call up the 0800 number and ask to be put through to general inquiries yeah so my strong advice on that would be to talk to your 
financial mm. advisor or, or broker. If you've got a mortgage advisor, then use them. But Or if you've got a financial advisor, then, then go through them. I think as well, sometimes people can kind of put their foot in it with the bank. So it's better to talk to someone about all your options rather than just what the bank's options are. Yeah, it's just about managing that conversation around what should be said and what shouldn't be said. Yep. Well, let's say though that I'm somebody who's got my owner-occupier home listening to the show, don't have any investments yet, and they went directly to a bank in order to set up that mortgage, is this the sort of time where you might start using a mortgage advisor if you foresee some trouble? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, so even if you haven't used one in the past, this is where you might start using one, even if you're not looking at taking out more lending. Yeah, definitely. And they should be able to give you advice around what strategy to, to yeah. go with, whether it be interest only or or a mortgage repayment holiday. Because the thing with just jumping into a repayment holiday, and we saw this through through COVID, is that the bank then sees that as hardship in the future. Yes. So if you don't need a three-month holiday and actually interest only would be satisfactory, don't take a holiday yeah. because that's going to hinder your ability to borrow in the future. And that's a really important point to make. Also, you know, the financial, you, you go back quite a long way in terms of repayments if you do capitalise those three months. Yep. And so th- they have been something that maybe have just been thrown out in the past quite quickly, but can be hugely detrimental financially over the long term. Yep. So it's good to understand exactly what the ramifications of that are. I also saw some complaints coming out from customers who got mortgage holidays during the first stages of the COVID pandemic because later on they were saying, well, it wasn't explained to us that it's not just a holiday, that those repayments are added on (laughs) and it has a material impact on what you're going to have to pay in the future. I do think there's no holiday you don't pay for though. Come on, people. Well, yeah, but But, there's different levels. Like obviously somebody listening to the show is probably very financially literate because I've listened to 900 episodes of us nattering on. But, you know, your average person out there who, you know, maybe gets their financial information from stuff, for instance, might not be aware about all of the implications of what a mortgage holiday is. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and, and during certainly that first bit of COVID when it was, you know, the mortgage holidays were given out like candy, right? Yeah. And I remember at the time we, we wrote a blog on it saying that, you know, you've got to understand what the long-term impacts of this are because you could literally call up the bank and say, I want a mortgage holiday, and they'd give you one. You'd have a 12-month holiday. Yeah. And then the next year, if you wanted to apply for something, they'd say, no, no, you can't. You're in hardship. That's not the right outcome. Well, we're going to wrap it up there, but don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. And look, if you are looking for a mortgage advisor, I know I'm a bit biased, but I always think Catalyst Financial, Peter and his team do a great job. They're part of our team here at the Opus Group, and so they could be worth considering. Find them at catalystfinancial.co.nz. Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. Oh.